Welcome to the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I am here with someone who I've been following on the internet for a while, uh, Ryan Katz. How are you today, Ryan? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm, you know, screaming another day through COVID. Um, so for those who don't know who you are, can you kind of outline a little bit about your career and then what you've sort of been working on lately? Sure. So I'm somebody who, by nature, wears too many hats. Um, I and all of them are in the music or entertainment industry in some way, shape, or form. My primary source of income is I own a full-time music management agency. Uh, of course, with like you said at the beginning, COVID, things are income is is I'm using that word you know uh, you know sideways here because not really generating as much as as I would be in a normal society, but that's just you know, goes along with, with everything in a pandemic. Uh, besides that, what keeps you busy? I'm the host of the all things music podcast. Uh, no, so kind of do have my own, uh, dumb and dumber podcast of sorts, um, more focused on interviewing, like, I guess, entertainment figures than, than the business side, but we do some business stuff as well. Some crossover. Um, let's see what else I am in a band audience of rain, kind of like a hybrid, between modern active rock and metalcore, like a kind of like a nice little niche there. So uh, do that. Uh, and I just started a YouTube reaction channel that I've wanted to really do for a long time because I follow a lot of these guys on YouTube that do these really well done reactions. Uh, and I've just been like, man, that's, that seems like a lot of fun to be able to create content like that. So I ran with that. So I've, I've got a lot of my plate and most of the time it's too much and I can't focus as much as I want to on one singular thing. But I'm the kind of person who just can't not do just I just can't sit around and, and do nothing. So um, sure. here I am. And that's kind of what I what, what I'm all about. Absolutely. And so. So there's a few things I want to unpack here. So first, can you tell us more about your management company and how that operates? What sure. the story is um, there? Yeah, absolutely. So we are the only ones that I know of that have our business model, and that's not a percentage-based business model. It's more of a, a monthly fee kind of thing. And what that allows me to do, um, first, I should say, we primarily focus on managing underground musicians um, of all genres, but our catalog seems to be concentrated in hip-hop, which is absolutely okay. Um, and we focus a lot on PR, sync licensing, uh, playlist aggregating, uh, used to be gigs before those became obsolete. <laughs> I mean, they'll be back, but um, just kind of a, a all-around sense of of what an artist brand should be and what what they should uh, require to obtain success in the industry. It's, success could be measured in a lot of different ways, of course, um, but but that's kind of our philosophy. And as our our job is to really open doors for them. That's what any manager's job should be is to opening doors for your for your artists and your bands and. It's their job to have the work ethic to walk through those doors, of course, but uh, without a manager, uh, those doors just don't exist. So we really are are a entity that brings them consistent, constant results, uh, and that's why you know Liquid Sound Records is the company name, and 
we've been around since we've been full time since 2014, but we've been around in some capacity since uh, the early 2000s. So um, just kind of uh, taking that day by day and, you know, my, my client list has dwindled because of the pandemic, but I'm, I still have some very loyal uh, artists that, you know, it, it's, it's something that is said a lot in the industry, but you have to sacrifice a lot to get to where you want to go. And you can kind of tell this pandemic in, in some ways is, has really brought to the forefront who is ultra dedicated and then who may might've just been doing this as a hobby or doing this as a side thing, or maybe they just, their aspirations didn't meet what they wanted that wanted it to. And they couldn't persevere through that, that next phase. And listen, I'm not blaming anybody for that. This is unprecedented for everybody. And uh, there's a lot of bands, a lot of artists of all levels, not just underground that have kind of unfortunately taken a step back and had to get a second job and had to do all these things and talk about sacrifice. That's a whole different level of sacrifice, but um, it is nice to still see that through it all, there's a group of artists and bands that are, like I said, persevering through the inevitable and, 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 you know, really it's going to pay off in the long run because right now is there's never a better time than right now to create music. And we've seen that through streaming and all different kinds of uh, things. So uh, they'll, definitely be ahead of the pack when things return to quote unquote normal um that's just kind of a synopsis of what i do though and uh keeps me busy and it's it's a really it's really fun and it's one of those things that another another quote that people always use is if you do what you love you never work a day in your life and that's kind of where i've been for the past i don't know almost decade now that's cool that's really cool Thank you. I so okay. So there's a couple things I want to I want to break down. Sure. Um, first of all, how did Liquid Sound get started? Okay, what's the story um, there? Yes, and I'll try to give you the short version because that could go on for a while. But of course, uh, when I was in this was either early high school or middle school, something like that. Me and uh, a buddy of mine named Ben uh created a company called blitzkrieg booking and promotions and this was really just us you know booking our friends bands and garages and and at school events and whatever but it kind of really took off quickly to where when i was by the time i was a senior in high school uh we were starting to really do some pretty established things that high schoolers shouldn't be doing but we sure had a way of, of manipulating ourselves to be like not necessarily lie by any means but we would hide the fact that we were 18 years old you know we, we i yeah, did similar so i understand it. right right it was just like hey we're here we we've done this and we ended up managing a group out of uh, south africa called chromium and they ended up being really big they shouted us out on their their version of mtv which is really cool uh ended up anyways we we did some real cool shows booked some bigger bands um Ended up parting ways when we went to college because he went to, you know, I think it was two hours away and, and I went somewhere closer. And so we, it was just hard to make things feasible from that aspect. He ended up going and working with, well, first he founded Bravo Artist, which is one of the Midwest's biggest booking agencies. And then he worked with Creative Arts yeah. Agency and all these things. So he ended up doing his own thing, which was really, really cool. And I ended up doing my own thing, which ended up turning into Liquid Sound Records. Along the way, I had a stint at Corporate Punishment Records with Tom Hazert. I did a couple of things, Total Salt of Street Team, um, 
had a little, uh, I don't want to call it talent scout because it was just kind of a weird producer talent hybrid thing with Island Def Jam. Uh, finished that up and I was like, listen, okay, I've done all of these things for others. I just want to like have the control and I'm not a control guy, kind of guy, but it was, it was one thing where I was like, I just want to have my own brand and have my own, you know, quote unquote empire to, to facilitate and to put my own stamp and not me and somebody else. And with politics, it, you know, workplace politics and all these things, I just wanted to have my own stamp on, on what my vision was, my, what, what I think was the best vision for artists and bands you know, at that time and throughout time mm -hmm. and adapting to, to the times. Um, and that's kind of where liquid sound records came from. There's really no, uh, meaning to the name, um, other than I like the sound of the ocean. So I was like, Oh, that's a cool name. But, uh, yeah, I just went from there. And, and it was one of these things where when you start your company full time and when you say, okay, here's my income now, here's where I can, I think this is where I can dive in and quit my day job and do this full time. Uh, I was not like, okay, I have this flawless business plan. Here we go. I had a business plan, but there were flaws everywhere. And For it sure. was one of those things where you just learn throughout time. Okay. This needs to not happen. This needs to happen instead. This needs fixed until a point where you feel like, okay, I've got this down. This is my routine. This is what I know what I'm doing and, and what I shouldn't be doing. And even to this day, any entrepreneur will tell you they're constantly evolving their their business plan to to whether it is adapt with the times or adapt with your clients' needs or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the journey. But uh, a lot of a lot of uh, obstacles along the way, and I was able to, like I said from the beginning, persevere. There was a lot of times where you're just like, I just I don't think this is gonna work. You know, it's not stable yeah. or. I'm dealing with this stress and this is just too much to deal with. And heck, even during the pandemic that we're dealing with now, there's, there's been times where I'm like, maybe it's time to, to hang up the cleats and, and find something else. And, and that the, the thesis of everything is just persevere through it all. And you, you, you will get paid for that in the long run. So. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis because i definitely think yeah and like you said especially during covid i think there's a lot of like oh god i am going to die mm -hmm. yeah in a How lot of different you... ways not just literally or figuratively there's a lot of different ways about that too yeah absolutely so i guess my question is like how do you during covid what's the vision for artists that you try to kind of push yeah so you want to, and this is where, when I said at the beginning, what my business model was being a monthly fee model over a percentage model, uh, we're able to look at brands from a wide spectrum, not just what makes our pockets deeper, because regardless of what we do, we're getting paid the same amount. So the nice thing about that is we don't have any hidden agendas. We are not only focusing on this avenue because it's going to help us in the short term or only focusing on this avenue because it's direct money in our pocket. We're focusing on the short term and long term. And what's really nice about that is short term being, okay, we can get you on these playlists for your new releases, or we have this uh, competition that is exclusive to artists just like you that we want to present to you or long term. All right, let's set you up with a nice business plan of your own that coincides your releases, your videos, your aggregation with 
when festivals are projected to return, when shows are projected to return, so that when they are, because we all understand that when they do return, <laughs> the the concentration of, of artists and bands that want to get on these shows is just, it's, it's unprecedented. You're just going to yeah, have everybody wanting to get on. Right. It, it's, it's going to be really hard to please everybody. And unfortunately, and this has been going on for a long time in the industry, but it'll get worse is the exploitation of artists. You're going to have promoters and, and talent buyers say, okay, you want to get on my show. You pay me this much. Well, I've got this guy over here. Who's going to pay me this much. So if you don't want to pay me, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait or you're not going to be a part of the show. Um, that's that's nothing new to the industry, but it's going to continue at a worse clip now because of the saturation of artists who want to perform. Um, and knowing that, we can say to our clients, all right, what are your goals? Do you want to perform? What kind of shows do you want to perform? If these are the shows that you want to perform, let's come up with a financial plan where you're at least putting some money aside now and when the time comes in the summer or the fall or whatever, depends on your, on your market, of course, uh, you will be able to go to the front of the line and, and take advantage of all the streams that you've had over, over the pandemic and all of the sync licensing placements that you've had and say, okay, yeah. all that momentum is building up. And yes, I might have to sacrifice some financials to you know, continue that momentum, but at least I'm going to be here where a lot of these other artists during the pandemic may might not have had that that structured plan and it's going to be a little bit of a rude awakening when shows do return and just kind of like i still can't do this are you kidding me you know so yeah and, and that i definitely think that that's like i don't think people understand how how screwed that's going to be mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of pressure from the top and i think if every professional touring band is on the road at once shit that's not good. oh yeah no it, it's gonna be rough in a lot of ways um ticket prices are gonna probably go up and that's sad in itself but really i can't blame them it, it is capitalism whether you people like capitalism or not all of us fans because we're all fans too the first thing we're we want to do when everything is lifted is we're gonna want to go to concerts and we're gonna pay twenty dollars extra thirty dollars extra to go to these shows if that's Absolutely. what it's required, you know, and these promoters know that and they're going to take advantage of that. And that's just the way the world works. So really as, as much of a proponent as I have been in a big one for the save our stages act, which just passed in the last stimulus to help venues, um, the ones that do survive and the agencies that do survive are going to recoup their money pretty quickly because of that environment that's going to be here um, in a lot of, like I said, whether it's charging the artists or bands or charging the fans or even the sponsorship opportunities that, that some of these tours will have that now you're going to have this exposure that's unprecedented that, you know, it, it might be a, 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 in a normal environment, a tour that would only draw, you know, 50% of what it would draw, in the environment to come. Um, so on one hand, it's going to be awesome because there's going to be, there's going to be a concert every night in most major markets, no matter what genre you like. I mean, these venues are going to just be slammed every single day of their calendar or as much as, as feasible as it is for them to do so. 
Um, so from a consumer perspective, it's going to be pretty cool. And they're calling it the roaring twenties yeah. coming up. And I really do believe that for the first couple of years, it'll be like a Renaissance again, but from a creator perspective, especially those who don't have the advantage of, of financial, uh, you know, just, just having a good head on their shoulders in regards to keeping their, their, their finances in check, it's going to be a rude awakening and maybe a silver lining lining to come out of that is that that rude awakening might help them in the future say, okay, here's where my priorities need to be so that I can join the party. So I can not have the FOMO of not, you know, performing when my peers are. Yeah. And I definitely think that's, that's the tricky part. It, it, it is the FOMO is the yeah just because and so, so I, want, I want your input on this okay yeah. so my perception of what's going to happen is like the band who was playing the thousand cap room who like just broke into thousand caps is now going to be kicked back down to 500 caps and the guy who you know that means the guy who just got yeah. into 500s is going to get kicked down to 250s all the way down the line. So it seems to me that the small guys, unless you want to be like the local opener, the small guys seem kind of screwed. They do. Um, and they will, but I would say that will probably last maybe three months simply Fair. because if we're looking at it from, from a societal standpoint in regards to the vaccine and when we think herd immunity will take place due to the vaccine, um, I'm not an expert, but I try to keep myself, especially in my industry, I try to keep myself really aware of everything going on from top to bottom in regards to that. Mm -hmm. And it, it will be one of these things where, and listen, I'm just spitballing here. This is hypothetical, but this is kind of the timeline that I've seen where in the summer you will have those small clubs and concerts back. And then maybe in the fall, you'll move that to festivals and outdoor festivals, of course, will be much. And I'm talking early fall here uh, will be more safe, safer than um, the indoor arena type things. And I think the arena type things will come maybe, you know, late fall, early winter. Again, I'm spitballing here, but when, when you see that kind of trend, regardless of time, uh, that first couple of months where it's just club concerts, we have to understand those of us that are in bands that are not, you know, platinum selling bands or whatever you have you, um, we're going to have to wait in line or we're going to have to have connections or we're going to have to shovel out money. So yes, absolutely. The C list and beyond bands will have, have a tough time. Even these guys that are big, in our circles you know yeah, so like if you're that's the other metalcore fan or whatever the you know whether it's spirit box alpha wolf some of these groups that that i'm 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 into uh currents etc it, it will be hard for them to get poor circuits right away but once these huge bands you know the metallicas the slipknots whoever if we're talking rock of course uh once they are allowed to return to the capacity they're used to then that opens things up again for the bands down the line etc cetera, etc cetera. so you might see some of these big bands 
huge bands play these small clubs. I don't know for sure. Uh, that's that's really up to them because again, these live streams. I don't know if you know about the the under oath live stream. Yeah, made all no, that made some money. Right, um, they make money, but they are intense to put together on that on that scale. Whereas, yeah. if you play a show at a club, you're probably not going to make that money at all. But it's going to be a much more feasible experience, and and I think. I hope that the big, the big A-list groups haven't lost sight of why they did this in the first place. And I don't think they have, because when, when these, these clubs do return, they're going to be the first ones allowed to play them. And they're going to be, listen, I just want to play a show. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to just play in front of a camera anymore. If I got to play in front of 3000 people, that's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do and how they, they act. Uh, in regards to you know some of these other groups like pop and alternative rock and and some of the more mainstream hip hop and stuff, it's just it's not going to happen until you know the arena or festival spectrum opens back up. Absolutely. So, what has your advice been to the bands you're managing? Like, what have some of your tactics been during COVID? Yeah. So, uh, biggest thing obviously is content creation. That's releasing music because right now with, from the consumer side, everybody's streaming, everybody's streaming numbers have been way higher than normal, especially during the summer. Um, and I think that's just because people were going for hikes. People were going for drives, doing different things. Podcasting was, was way higher in the summer than it is right now. Um, generally speaking, of course, but, um, so a lot of aggregation, a lot of like, okay, what are, what are our plans for your release? Where can we, where can we monetize your release? Cause that's another conversation in itself because, you know, streaming and monetization is, is not really something you, you expect with, with, unless you're, you know, have, have hundreds of thousands of streams, you're not making a lot of money. Um, and that's where sync licensing comes in. That's where getting your music placed mm -hmm. in film, TV, commercials, and with, it's, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy with Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, all these companies, these streaming companies are allowing more and more film and TV that are like indie film and TV into their programming, which is awesome because it was really hard for an artist maybe five years ago to access sync licensing for a show on Netflix, for example. Yeah. But now because they have brought in their catalog so much to allow a lot more independent film and television uh it's a lot easier for bands to get heard on on programming on on these streaming services so that's one thing that we've really focused on is sync licensing because uh you you can make a good buck from it depending on how those those programs do um <clears throat> that's a really clever uh suggestion i've actually had a couple very small artists get very large paychecks just because of like you said the netflix catalog has gotten so big mm -hmm. yeah what the hell here's ten thousand dollars kid yeah yeah it's it's and... something else it's it's crazy because like when like i said five years ago when you were looking for sync licensing opportunities for underground musicians you were really looking at i mean some of these movies that might premiere at Sundance or, or Toronto Film Festival or, or whatever, but they might be at, in the back room showings and they might be 
you know, maybe a thousand people watch it and then it doesn't see the light of day again. Um, which was, you know, it was always cool to be like, look, my song's in this horror movie, but really sync licensing is great for exposure, but it's better for money, to be honest. Um, there are times, of course, when I've watched a movie and I've heard a song and I'm like, what is that? And you pull out your Shazam and you figure out what song that is. Um, but for the most part, when your song is picked for, for a movie or a TV show, it's not picked because they're thinking, oh, this will get people to drive to the artist's channel or the band's channel. It's yeah. this song fits the mood of this scene. Let's put it in there. And I can't tell you how many times I've also watched a show where there is a song and I might love the song, but I don't go back and try to find it either. No, um, absolutely. So sync licensing is one of those things where people people kind of overestimate the exposure and underestimate the financial aspect of it. Either way, it's great. <laughs> um, sure. It's something that, that we definitely want our artists to pursue and we help them pursue that. Uh, another thing that, that has really popped up a lot in recent days that we're really helping our, our clients with is, is uh, grants. There's a lot of available mm -hmm. grants from whether it's the CARES Act or the HEROES Act that just passed or, or private donations, what have you. And we want to make sure that these, these artists and bands are taken care of during these times. And um, if we have the research presented to us that this grant is available specifically for musicians or this grant is available for sole proprietors or whatever. Um, we are more than happy to, to help them achieve that, that financial uh, gain there, because that's, that's obviously important to uh, keep the career going. And that is exactly why we stress no matter what level you're at, you should probably have an LLC. You should probably have an EIN a ta a tax number. Uh, for your yeah. brand, because when, when these grants do present themselves, they are not given to people without those things. Um, 100%. So, so it's definitely important to, to have the, the infrastructure set on your brand so that you can, uh, you can take advantage of these, these opportunities that come your way. And grants aren't exclusive to pandemics, of course, but um, right now they're in pretty much every market and every major county, they're available to just about anybody who's a sole proprietor or, or an entrepreneur. So definitely recommend researching those if you can. How do you go about researching those? Well, um, the best way to do it is kind of just backtracking. So if I have a client and I say, okay, where's your municipality? Dallas, Texas. Okay, let's look at, at the county that Dallas is in. I type in the county, say, uh, <clears throat> usually go to the county website right now. It's It was a little harder before the pandemic, but right now since grants are... A uh, very prevalent thing. You can just go to the county website and they'll have uh, grant listings or it might be on the unemployment website even. Um, and you go and you see, okay, what usually the list of grants for a major city county is probably 60 or 70. And you go down each one, you say, no, that doesn't apply to, to, to this person. That doesn't apply. Oh, this might apply. Mm, they didn't make that enough money for that grant. Oh, no, this one's good. So you really have to go take your time and look at each grant and see if it if it applies to you in, in regards to, cause some of these grants are like, okay, you've had to have make this much money last year to be eligible for it this year, or you have to be in this industry or you have to expense it in this way. Only um, you have to have employees, you know, there's a lot of different stipulations in regards to uh, who they give the grants to, but chances are if there's a couple dozen available, at least one of them will fit your bill and, 
you know, you go from there as long as you provide the information they, they require. And again, that's just simple tax information. You're, you're good to go and, and you usually will receive that grant. So that's pretty clever. I, I haven't seen too many, um, too many people talking about that. So I think it's cool that you, uh, you have found a way to make that work. And from what I understand, going kind of beyond like music grants, but instead focusing, instead you're kind of spending time focusing on like small business grants. Right, exactly. Because the amount of music grants is extremely limited because again, it's not, I mean, it's a big industry, but in the ski, in the, in the whole societal spectrum of things, it's very small, it's flash in the pan. Um, sure. There are grants for medical. There are grants for, for uh, you know, accounting. There's grants for all kinds of things. So, um, the the best way to fit the bill, like I said, would be to find grants that uh, focus on just being an entrepreneur. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what everybody in this industry is. It's an entrepreneur in some way, shape, or form. So, that's kind of the the mindset that I have going into that research. That's really cool. No, I appreciate you sharing that. That was definitely a um, yeah. a kernel of wisdom. Uh, yeah, that was a valuable kernel of wisdom. No so we talked about sort of moving out of COVID, but where do you see your company in general moving forward? Kind of as the pandemic goes on, and then as things slowly improve, how do you how do you see management companies like? navigating the last nine months of the pandemic yeah um well again it's all about you know keeping the nose of the grindstone and not forgetting why you started this um this being the management a company or how, if you're just a sole proprietor manager manager and you don't have a company um it, it's really about making sure that one your your business model will be feasible when this is over because there's going to be a lot of people that are still hurting. Um, but also making sure that your, your, your drive isn't diminished. And what I mean by that is my, my time spent before the pandemic doing client acquisition, meaning finding new bands and artists was, was immense. I was, that w I was doing a lot of that because the demand was out there you know, before the pandemic, much, many more talented artists and bands could acquire management just due to their a normal financial climate. Um, but during this pandemic, and I found this out very quickly and I adjusted um, because you kind of have to read the room. Uh, people, people just for the most part, don't have the, the finances to pursue something that they don't necessarily quote unquote need right now. Um, again, that's that need is arguable depending on where your priorities are as a musician. But I've learned that, you know, and we're at how many months in now um, I took the pedal off the gas in regards to the client acquisition because I was, I was wasting time. You know, I would spend hours and hours and hours doing this, which was normal before the pandemic and coming up, not empty, but, but, you know, I was seeing a trend and I was, you know, sure. I was, I didn't just quit after one month here. I was going on till June, July, August, et cetera. And I still spend some time on it, of course, but 
I'm seeing a trend that that it's just there's this uh, a lack of of amb- ambition, rightfully so, right now with with like I said, the financial climate that people just they want to put their money in in other places, which I absolutely understand. Um, but something that I've said to myself internally, and and something that I will say to any other managers listening is, um, once this is over, don't rest on your laurels here. You know, you you kind of have to go right back to kind of to flip the switch, you know, we, we, we've settled on this new normal that people love to use that term. And, uh, it seems like, you know, it hasn't even been a year yet and it seems like it's been 10. So when I'm, when I'm doing these practices, I'm like, okay, this is my new routine. I'm used to this. I'm used to this. But when that, then that switch is flipped, when they say, when Fauci or whoever comes out and says, we've achieved herd immunity, let's get back to it. We got to get back to it. And yeah. some of us might forget how hard it was to have gotten back to it. You know, how hard it was to get back into that routine, that old routine. And I, as much as I'm prepared for it, I'm not, because I still know that when that time comes, it's going to be just an immense tidal wave. You're going to have all these artists and bands again who want to play shows. So they need managers. And here we go. I'm going to have my inbox will be full. My, you know, I, I'm going to be juggling all kinds of things. I'm going to have to maybe put aside the podcast, the YouTube channel for a little bit to, to make sure I have time for all of this. Um, and everybody's, you know, lifestyle is different situations, different, but that, that would be my number one uh, advice in regards to, to what, what we need to, to focus on coming out of this is that uh, our workload and our duty is going to dramatically change uh, I think in a couple months time here and, uh, we need to be prepared for it. Absolutely. I think that is, uh, I think that, I think that, I, th- I think that's a really good way to put it. Do you have any sort of final words of wisdom as we head towards the end here? No. Um, well, I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> um, of you know, I, it's, it's been a really t- hard time for the entertainment industry. Um, something that I've learned is that when you're it one, it's a humbling experience. Absolutely. Um, because you're, you, you're sitting here before the pandemic and you're like, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> this is great. What can go wrong? You know, we no, none of us at, at any point in our lives imagined this situation that we are currently in on January 11th, just no, yeah. no, nobody, no science fiction writer, nothing. It, it's, I was supposed to be in Australia today. <laughs> wow. Man, yeah. I'm pretty, rough. pretty bummed. Yeah, and <laughs> Hey, I was, I, I go to Nam every year in Los Angeles. That was supposed to be this upcoming weekend and I'm obviously not going. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of adjustment in, I can, I just say, just, just hold on a little bit longer. It's, it's been rough. Um, and I, the one thing that I wanted to touch on was I, what, what enlightened me when all this started was I'm not in this alone. You know, I, when I'm in my box, when, when, before the pandemic, when I'm just working on me and I'm working on my company and worried about me and my clients, the whole you know, it, it's not to say that I didn't care or know, but the whole rest of the industry was just there. It's just on the outside. And I'm here in my box on the inside. 
But then when it, things go south, you are a family. All of a sudden, all the people that were just colleagues of yours or friends of yours or people that you would talk to every now and then, they're now Absolutely. your family. And you're like, okay, we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat here. We're at home. We haven't made much money since March. We got to get through this together. Let's do it. And I think we're all going to be better off as bad as this has been, as bad as this whole thing has been. When things do get back to the normal that we, we expect, we're all going to be better for it. And, and I think, to be honest, we'll be more prepared for anything that comes our way the next time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something that I like to, to say before we, we finish off is that is that we I've realized over this this time that the the family is much larger than I thought it was. And I'm very grateful for that. Very well said. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening.